boy, uh, this is spring, the second week of spring break, and daylight savings time is, is awesome. Like, yeah, crickets, right? This, this, will, be, this will be good. So um, uh, I, I took most of this week off. Um, it it kind of ended up being kind of like a working staycation, which I wouldn't recommend at all. Uh, part of that was because I just didn't plan all that well and, 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 and combine that I should probably just take spring break off, you know, and be with my family, you know, go figure. Uh, but I uh, tried to take as much of it off as, as, as I could to be with the kids and be with, uh, uh, be with the family, give them some experiences as well, but also to do some things around the house that I haven't had a chance to do recently. So we had some wobbly chairs around our kitchen table, and I de-wobbled those chairs and was able to shore those up. And, when, and then Nicole bought some of those you know, round things that you hammer on the bottom so that they don't scratch up your, your wood floor and everything. I hammered those on. And, 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 and after I was done, I felt like this right here you know bring back this meme from last week of uh you know i yeah boom yeah exactly and then I, I mowed the grass this week for the first time this year, mowed the grass. I, I bagged the clippings uh, and took five bags of clippings out to the compost pile out there by the smokestacks at, at CU. When I was done, I felt like this right there. I felt like that right there. The, the, the next day, I, um, I, I, I cleaned out my side of the garage. I got to half of the garage. I don't know when I'm going to get to the other half, but the side that my car's on, I got to clean out half the garage. And when I was done, I felt like this. Right? Right? He-Man, probably the worst cartoon ever. And as Jack said a couple of weeks ago in his podcast, maybe one of the worst movies ever. But every guy liked He-Man because he wants to be the master of his universe. And actually, that is something that is shared by God uh, with us. That, that he shared that kingly nature of himself, that dominion nature of himself. But as we talked about last week, when we talked about Guy's image, that, that actually uh, the, the best way to come about that is actually... Uh, uh, becoming master of your universe through commitment and sacrifice. We, we love those stories of becoming master of your universe through commitment and sacrifice. Uh, Jack, a few weeks ago in his podcast, uh, talked about a, a story uh, that, that uh, exemplifies that. We love the story of Rocky Four, right? Uh, becoming master of the universe through commitment and sacrifice. Rocky defeated and brought down the, uh, the, the Berlin Wall all by himself. Forget Ronald Reagan. It was Rocky that actually really did that. And so we love those stories uh, like that. And God has put that into us. Now, this week is about how you ladies can help bring that out in us. And the seventh ingredient, we've been talking about ingredients that go into a growing marriage. The seventh ingredient is a scepter of how you can hand your guy a scepter and encourage him to, to live out the image that God has in him. And we're going to take a look at this from, the, from, from, from a story. Actually, we're going, to, we're going to take it up from a story that we looked at two weeks ago during the conflict uh, sermon of when these two lovers, Solomon and his wife, went through a conflict. And we're going to pick up to, at the end of this story. And, and, and for those of you that weren't here with us that week, the conflict is that he showed up wanting sex at 2 a.m. in the morning or something like that, and she wasn't having any. And, and, and he went away and then she felt bad. She chased after him, couldn't find him. And she asked her harem, her young maidens, hey, can you help me go find my man? Because, uh, uh, because we're, we're in conflict. I want to go find him. I want to be with him. And we're going to pick up this story right here. And we're going to read this, the verse 
verse that I ended with uh, that week. We're going to pick it up right, right there. Uh, Song of Solomon chapter 5. We're going to throw the scriptures up on the screen. Uh, also, you can download our app, cpf.me forward slash app, and be able to follow along in the resources section. There's a Bible there in the resources, but I also put all the verses we use in the resources there as well. So Song of Solomon chapter 5 verse 9. This is her harem answering, uh, where you go find my boy with me. What makes the one you love better than another, O most beautiful of women? What makes him better than another that you would give us this charge? Look, lady, he did you wrong. You should just forget him. Why should I go help you find your man? What makes him so special that we should go find him? When we are going through conflict, one of the things that happens inside of guys is this. It has to do with a Beck lyric. We all tell ourselves as guys, no matter what the conflict is, whether it's with our wives or our lady, whether it's with our kids, bless you, whether it's with, <laughs> I saw it coming, bro, so <laughs> I'm a prophet. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, whether it's with our kids, whether it's with uh, somebody at work or our work in general or that we don't have work or it's with an inanimate object like a brake line, no matter what's going on in the conflict, no matter what the conflict is, we tell ourselves, I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? All guys tell ourselves that when we're going through conflict. So ladies, you've got to fight the temptation. You've got to fight the temptation. What temptation is that? To speak words of death. Look, her harem lobbed up a softball for her to do this. Why on earth should we go find this loser? But ladies, if we are telling, if that's the narrative that we are telling ourselves through this conflict, at least 50% of the frustration that we feel in our own life through conflict that you are visibly seeing isn't with you, isn't with the kids, isn't with that other person, or isn't with the inanimate object. It is with ourselves that we feel like a loser because we even have conflict to begin with. And so if we heap words of death into this situation, we're going to be in a downward spiral that will get out of control really fast. And if you speak words of death, even to somebody else, what is happening is that he is, his image is dying in your heart. And it will come out in action someday at some point in time. And look, I'm not saying that he's, he's not at fault or to blame or etc. But servant lovers take initiative. Hopefully in past weeks we've talked about his initiative. But servant lovers take initiative to stop the downward spiral and say enough's enough. And I'm not going to speak words of death into this situation to keep it going. We've got to fight that temptation. Thankfully, we have an example in this wife that she did fight that temptation. She didn't take that softball and smack it out of the park. She decided to let it go. Here's how she responded. Song of Solomon 5.10. 
My love, my lover is fit and strong, notable among 10,000. His head is purest gold, his hair wavy and black as a raven. I don't know about you, but I but imagine that mama porn, uh, those mama porn books, the Fabio guy on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the cover, blonde or black wavy hair, flowing in the wind, no shirt, uh, holding his, 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 his girl, right, 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 those, those pictures. Look, ladies. He wants you to see him like that. He wants, anyway, I was going to say he wants to be your mama porn, but I I won't say that. His eyes are like doves beside streams of water, washed in milk and set like jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice. His beard is like beds of spice, towers of perfume. His lips are lilies dripping with flowing myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with topaz. His body is an ivory panel covered with sapphires. Let's talk about that sentence for a minute. She's very, very uh, descriptive about her man, right? And then all of a sudden she just says his body. Well... Modern translations kind of smooth over what's going on here. Old King Jimmy, King James, is the closest. How often have I quoted from King King James? Not very often, but it's the closest. King James says his belly is a bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. Now that word body or belly, the the Hebrew, the original language, that actually means more uh, abdomen whole abdomen area. Interpretation, biblical interpretation 101, uh, we ask ourselves a lot of questions. So let me ask you a question and allow you to interpret this sentence for however you need it to be interpreted in your mind. What part of a man's abdomen is most like an ivory panel covered with sapphires or jewels? Yes, she went there. His legs are alabaster pillars set on pedestals of pure gold. His presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. His mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love. This is my lover, and this is my friend, young women of Jerusalem. What does she do? Instead of speaking words of death, what does she do? She speaks words of life. And she's not even speaking to him. She is speaking to her harem, her young maidens. So what is she doing? She's actually speaking words of life about him into her own heart. And don't you know this is going to come out in their relationship? Maybe you're afraid, ladies, of of boosting his ego. Let me speak to that. Guys, I'm going to rat you out for just a second for a greater good. Ladies, I know you don't like mirrors. They're a necessary evil to get the job done of getting ready in the morning, but I know you don't like mirrors. So you may wonder why your guy is okay with mirrors, because he already sees himself like this. But he's not like this. It doesn't matter. He sees himself like this. When he's brushing his teeth, you know what he sees? Arms of gold. Okay? When he gets out of the shower, you know what he sees? Alabaster p- pillars as legs. That's what he sees. He's the king. God's given him this image of being a master of his, of his universe. You know what the most important question is in his mind? How does my queen see me? Does she see me like this? Or does she see me as a joker? 
Are you going to speak words of life or are you going to speak words of death into that? How does she do that? Four specific ways. One, his physical appearance. His hair, his eyes. She heads to his sexual appearance as well. His protective appearance. His arms are like gold. The image is that he's got those arms around her and she feels protected. But also his appearance or his presence in general. She talks about how he is notable among 10,000. And how about how his, his, his presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. To him, he stands all above everybody else. His presence. I know, ladies, sometimes we make it difficult to find something good to talk about. Guys, we need to work on that. But what is something that you can find? Anything. Look, when the guy is talking to the girl, when Solomon is talking to his wife, and the wife is talking to Solomon, they talk to each other in perfect terms. We all know that there's no perfect person, right? So don't you think that they're finding any little thing and kind of expanding on that and how they see it in their eyes? Don't lie, but it's okay to expand. To bring out the image of God that you see in them. Find anything. And am I also saying to smooth over or gloss over, ignore the conflict? Because this is, she says this right on the heels of conflict. Conflict about when to have sex or not have sex. Am I saying smooth over the conflict? No, two weeks ago. You serve through conflict. That doesn't mean you ignore it. You serve through conflict. But she chose to give words of life during this conflict. And it was, again, it wasn't even to him. It was to her ladies, which in turn is giving his image life inside of her. So how does this end? Bad chapter break. Chapter breaks here, but it's not good. 6-1 is a continuation of the story. Her harem speaks again. Where has your love gone, most beautiful of women? Which way has he turned? We will seek him with you. It worked, right? It worked. They said, you're right. We should find him for you. Where is he? Where should we turn? Give us a clue where we could go find him. Now imagine her saying this with kind of biting, biting her lip and, and, and doing this a little flirty. My love has gone down to his garden. The beds of spice to feed in the gardens and gather lilies. I am my love's and my love is mine. He feeds among the lilies. Modern day translation, let's call spade a spade. They had makeup sex. For those of you that haven't been with us through this series and, 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 and are in and out, the garden is a euphemism or a metaphor for her body and more specifically the most sexual parts of her body. She's saying, oh, I found him already. And he's found my garden. What should we take home from this? Allow love to happen. I've heard a rumor. Don't know if it's true or not. I'll, I'll let you apply it wherever it fits. I've heard a rumor that from time to time, every once in a while, ladies can use physical intimacy to get back at their guy. If you do the hard work of fighting through temptation and you do the hard work of speaking words of life, you will completely undermine that work. If you, if you, if you refuse to let love happen. Why is that? Because sex to a guy 
is about his queen telling him, I love you. You matter to me. Even through conflict, I love you. There's nothing he wants to know more is what his queen thinks about him. Now, I'm not saying force it to happen. I'm not saying make it happen. I'm not saying when he asks for it, give it. I'm saying allow it. If the conflict is between you two, and depending on the intensity of the conflict, depends on how long it'll take to allow it to happen. But if the conflict isn't between you two, and it's an inanimate object, or it's he can't find work, or, the most important question he has in my, his mind is, how does my queen see me? And you'll undermine the work you've done if you use love as a punishment. Again, I'm not saying don't work through conflict at all. That doesn't help anybody. But what I am saying is allow it to happen. So kind of a practical example, small, small example. Most of you know I'm a soccer referee. Last fall, I was refereeing uh, MSU, and uh, I was the assistant referee. Uh, most people call him linesman. And uh, primary objective is offside, uh, but I, I can still call fouls, uh, let the referee know that I, I saw a foul. I saw a handball. I flagged it, called it, that the referee didn't see. <clears throat> there were a couple of frat boys behind me that had, you know, one, two, or ten drinks. And um, at that point in time, um, the the drinks that they had had uh, kind of spewed out towards me. Not, not, phys- not physically. They weren't throwing stuff at me. But, but, but the, the, the mental state that they were in, they used that now to heckle me. They started with the call and then went a little bit more personal. Like, for instance, how much hair I do or don't have on my head. You weren't supposed to laugh. What, what are you laughing at? So, got, got to the game. It was okay. I was telling Nicole about this, and she goes, you know what? You're 15 years older than them, but man, you can still run circles around them. I'm like, dang straight I can. <laughs> You're exactly right. And in 15 years when they're my age now, I'll still be able to run circles around them. They're sticking a lazy frat boy, drunk, peeing, ah. Right? Little example of how your words can bring life. Your king. God has an image in us as well. We are to serve your image, and you are to serve our image. Hand your man the scepter. Say, Be king. And I encourage you to be king. To put a little bow on this series. We're not going to remember the ingredients that we talked about, we're not going to remember the sermons that we talked about weeks down the road. But this one thing we can remember. Servant lovers choose to serve. The reason why I follow Jesus, the reason why if you struggle with following Jesus, if you wonder why to follow Jesus or not, is that his word brings wisdom into every situation. This was written 3,000 years ago. And didn't their relationship impact us today? And just wisdom. We're not talking about eternity or not. We're talking about wisdom in marriage. 
Jesus wants to give us abundant life in every area. And we can find it when we choose to serve. Servant lovers choose to serve. If we lay all of our ingredients on the counter and watch them, they will not bake a cake. Will they? That's not faith. Feeling good about those ingredients on the counter, that's not faith. Using the ingredients God gives us. That's faith. It's got to be intentional. Servant lovers choose to serve. It's got to be intentional. We have to make that choice to serve. What we're about here at Cross Point is rescuing and rebuilding. Some of you came into this series, your marriage was okay, but you say, you know what? We always build, we always grow. Servant lovers choose to serve. That will grow your marriage. Some of you came into this series saying, we needed rescue. And it's been cool to hear stories of rescue. And maybe you're still sitting there saying, we need rescue. It's simple, but it ain't easy. Because natural is what? Selfish. That's natural. That's why servant lovers choose to serve. If you need rescued, servant lovers choose to serve. Church isn't a place for perfect people to put up a perfect facade. It's not a place for imperfect people to put up a perfect facade. We're here to rescue and rebuild. And if you need prayer, uh, most of the people that normally are back in the back are uh, praying uh, with people are, are, are not here. I'll be here, but you can also grab somebody that you trust. If you're alone, I encourage you to grab somebody of the same gender uh, because of the sensitive nature of things. But I'd encourage you, if you need prayer, to pray with your spouse as well. Maybe you don't need to pray with somebody, but you need to spend this reflection time praying with your spouse or praying about servant loving. But we want your marriage to be growing. But more importantly, Jesus wants it to be growing. And he's given us practical wisdom. Servant lovers choose to serve. It doesn't matter what the other person is doing or not doing. Servant lovers choose to serve. Will you... Will I be the one to choose to serve? Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this time, this day. Um, I don't. I, I, I've just. I was. I've been amazed by your practical wisdom in this book. Um, as we all walked into this, I'm sure we were all just like scared to death uh, because we know sex is represented in this book, but. As I got into it, your wisdom says that it's not about sex, it's about the marriage that, that sex is built on and that it's about two people serving each other and serving each other's identity. And Lord, I just pray that we have that people here willing to serve each other. Put that heart inside of us. Even when man, our heart, wants to stand, to dig in, 
and to be firm and say, heck no, I won't go. Overwhelm our heart to serve. In your name we pray. Amen.